everyone, and welcome to the Perfectly Imperfect podcast. My name is Jamie Schaefer, and I am your host. Um, thanks for pushing play today. Um, we are going to be talking tonight about and continuing um, the series that I started last week about um, the fruits of the Spirit. And um, last week was about joy. Um, I went out of order and it was only because I had just heard an amazing message um, on joy from Pastor Lee Hyman. And so I wanted to pass on a lot of the points that I got from that um, that message from him on to you right away so I didn't forget all the details. Like, you guys, when I was taking the notes for that, um, I was, my phone was on close to empty and um, I, it was just a miracle as God. God left just enough battery for me to finish taking notes from that message because the phone died literally five minutes after the service was over. And so um, it was meant to be that I passed that message on to you guys. Um, check it out. It was just the last episode that, um, that I recorded last Monday. But anyway, so we are in Galatians, um, Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23, and we're going to be in this verse, um, this particular verse for a little bit while we talk all about the fruits of the Spirit. Okay, so here we go. Galatians chapter 5. Verses 22 through 23, I'm reading the God's Word translation. But the spiritual nature produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There are no laws against things like that. So we are going to talk about love tonight. And um, love is such a tough topic. Um, the word love has a lot of different meanings. Um, I looked the definition of love up and Miriam Webster, um, says that love is the following strong affection for another arising out of kinship or personal ties, such as a maternal love for a child. The next one is a given, attraction based on sexual desire. Um, another definition is affection based on admiration, benevolence, or common interests, such as a love for old schoolmates. Um, another definition is an assurance of affection, like when you tell someone or give someone else your love. Like if you are talking with a friend and um, like it could be like a childhood friend um, or just a friend where like you know their parents or something and you say give your mom your love for me that's what that definition means um, another definition is a warm attachment enthusiasm or devotion devotion such as a love for a hobby 
All right, so these are just a few definitions. Um, there are many, many, many more. Um, and we have all used these different, different, these, oh, you guys, it is so Monday. And I honestly just can't talk tonight. I'm so sorry. Um, it's literally like the cat has my tongue. Um, but like I was saying, there are so many definitions and we have all used these different definitions in many different ways. Um, I feel like we almost overuse the word love. Have you ever felt like that? Um, like, I feel like we have watered it down. Like we love everything. I love your shirt. I love that post on Facebook or Instagram. I love that text message. I just love her. We use this word so much that I almost feel like we don't really mean it anymore. Like, do you, do you, does anybody else agree with me? Like, do you agree? Um, I feel like when we really do love someone or something, then it doesn't seem real or taken seriously. It's kind of like the boy who cries wolf. He yelled wolf so many times and had people running to help him fight off a non-existent wolf. Um, It ended in laughter by the boy who had yelled wolf falsely. He just thought it was hilarious that all these people would come running so fast over nothing. So then when there actually was a wolf and he couldn't fight it off on his own, he called wolf and no one came and all of the wolf, all of the sheep perished. Like the things that we love, do we really love them? Is the word love just a meaningless breath of air? I want to read the definition of love that God gives us, and we can find this definition in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love isn't jealous. It doesn't sing its own praises. It isn't arrogant. It isn't rude. It doesn't think about itself. It isn't irritable. It doesn't keep track of wrongs. It isn't happy when injustice is done, but it is happy when the, with the truth. Let me read that one again. I stumbled. It isn't happy when injustice is done, but it is happy with the truth. Love never stops being patient, never stops believing, never stops hoping, never gives up. Love never comes to an end. All right, you guys, that is a long definition. And in my opinion, it's a very beautiful definition. We have all heard it at some point in time. It probably sounds very familiar, especially if you have attended a wedding. You may have even heard it at your own wedding. Um, it's a great definition for couples. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you are married or not. 
These should be considered when telling your significant other or a spouse that you love them. Um, If you really love them, then you will follow this definition when associating with them. Um, And then I also feel like, you know, we associate this definition of love with, you know, married couples or girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. Um, But I think also we really can um, apply this definition to any relationship that we're in. Um, Once again, I am talking to myself here. Um, I can think of a number of those things listed in the definition that I need to sit down with God and work on. Um, The one that jumps off of the screen at me is irritability. I get irritated so easily and and quickly. And when that starts, then I lose the rest of the definition. It all goes right down the tubes with that person. Um, I also lack patience with people that I supposedly love. If I love them, then I will keep my patience in check. But that is for a whole other podcast down the road um, in this very exact same series. Um, I want to um, I just want to break down this stuff this definition um, real quick and just hit on a couple. Some of them are very like obvious, like love is patient, love is kind. Um, Love isn't jealous. Um, You guys, we need to stop being jealous of one another. And I don't, I mean, I don't really know how often, you know, um, if you're a male and you're listening to this podcast, I don't know how often you all get jealous of one another, but I know as women, we get very jealous of one another. Um, We are more willing to steal one another's crowns instead of fix them. Um, instead of straightening them, uh, we like to see our crowns crooked. Um, we are really great at, um, not being happy for one another. That's another form of jealousy. Um, your friend is starting a new project. Um, they're very excited about it or they get a promotion or they've, found out they're engaged or on and on and on and on and on and to be honest the green-eyed monster comes out way too often with one another instead of being happy for their news you wish it was you so you can't be happy for them guys we have to stop that that's not love you don't really love your friend if you cannot be happy for their accomplishments. I just want you to like chew on that for a little bit. And 
I've done it. I've been the person who is completely jealous of the other person. It's not attractive. Just to let you guys know, that's not attractive. Um, love doesn't sing its own praises. Um, basically, that's saying that you don't boast. Now, I am not saying that you, if something exciting happens to you, that you can't be, you can't, or you've, you've accomplished an achievement that you can't say that you've accomplished something, okay? But there's a level where you need to stop. We all know the level. Don't do it. Once again, or... When you know somebody else is down and out, don't linger on your success. Not saying that you can't bring up your success even if somebody is down and out, but bring it up, drop it, and leave it there. Does that make sense? There is a, you know, we shouldn't be jealous of one another, but on the other hand, we don't need to rub our success in somebody else's face. That's not love doing that. Um, It isn't arrogant. It isn't rude. It doesn't think about itself. Okay. We need to learn to put others above ourselves. It's pretty self-explanatory. It isn't irritable. It doesn't keep track of wrongs. Um, so basically, um, you're supposed to do things for others without expecting something in return. And let me tell you, it is super easy to keep score on people. I did X, Y, and Z for you, so you need to do A, B, and C for me. And I did X, Y, and Z, but you have done nothing for me. What's up with that? Okay, guys, um, if you're doing things for others just to get something in return, don't do it. Just stop there. Because honestly, I feel like when we do things for others, we're supposed to be doing that out of love. And that's not love, expecting something in return. Um, Because, you know, if we really want to have somebody keep score, um... Imagine if, if God kept score. I just want to let you like think about that for a second. Imagine if God kept score. Um, do you think that 
you've done enough to reciprocate all of the things that he's done for you if you're keeping score like he does stuff for us every single day do we what what does he get in return from you every single day See, he doesn't keep score. That's the point. That's the point I'm getting at. Um, he doesn't keep score. Um, he totally fits this definition of love. And I don't mean to sound snarky about it, okay? But I really, like, this hit me like a ton of bricks, like, the other day. That um, we are, a lot of us are walking around keeping score and, and dibs on who's done this, that, or the other thing for us, okay, and we, or we've done X, we've done all these other things for this person, and we've gotten nothing in return from them, okay, well, that's how God feels about all of us, I mean, to be honest, giving up his son for all of our sins, um, that is the biggest I mean, I don't think you can keep score. I mean, so I guess, you know, and I'm always talking to myself too, you guys. I've kept score. Oh, I've kept score. Um, I think anytime you want to think about the next time you do something for somebody, and then you're sitting around wondering why that person has done nothing for you, I think you need to remind yourself that until you can match the score that God could keep on you, you need to not keep score. Um, so... Um, keeping score, like doing something for others and always, and always expecting something in return is not love. It's not doing something out of love. It doesn't fit the love definition, the godly love definition, which is what we should be focused. This is the definition we should be focusing on. Not the worldly definitions. So, um, that was like really like (laughs) laying on my heart to like say is the biggest thing is to not keep score. It'll make you miserable. Um, so, um, it isn't happy when injustice is done, but it is happy with the truth. Love never stops being patient, never stops believing, never stops hoping, never gives up. Love never comes to an end. So, um, I want to, I want to take a quick break and when we come back, I want to talk about why 
um, why love is included in the fruits of the spirit. So I'll be right back. Welcome back. So before the break, um, I talked about God's definition of love, which we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So when we look at the list of the fruits of the Spirit, love is the very first fruit on the list. And I find that when I make a recipe, which is, if you know me at all, not at all very often. <laughs> I um, I've said before, if you haven't heard, um, when I ask what to bring to family gatherings, it is either paper towels or some sort of like already made up iced tea. Okay, like that's what I'm told to bring. Nothing cooked. Okay, so this girl doesn't have very many recipes to follow. But if I do make something from a recipe, the first ingredient in the recipe is typically the most important ingredient. So if you notice, love is first on the list. Um, I don't know if you noticed this like I did, but some of the other fruits um, that are listed in the definition of love that God gives us. Um, so hold on. I'm sorry. That made no sense. Um, some of the other fruits are listed in the definition of love that God gives us. You guys, it's so Monday. I'm so, I apologize. Um, patience is listed twice. Kindness is in there. Um, it never stops believing. So faithfulness is in there. So I do believe that love is extremely important for us to work on and have in our lives. I mean, when, when so, I, I honestly believe that when some of those words, some of those fruits that are listed in the, in the fruits of the spirit are found in a definition of one of the other fruits, then we better have love. We better have love figured out. Okay. And if we don't, I mean, we're not going to have it figured out. You guys, we're not going to be perfect at that definition. Okay. That's just going to be that way because we're not perfect. Okay. But we really need to work really hard at that definition to try and get it right. Okay. Um, so I want to read the verses that lead up to the definition of love in 1 Corinthians 13. So let's start with verse 1. Um, and I'm reading out of the uh, God's Word translation. I may speak in the languages of humans and of angels, but if I don't have love, I'm a loud gong or a clashing cymbal. I may have the gift to speak what God has revealed, and I may understand all mysteries and have all knowledge. I may even have enough faith to move mountains, but if I don't have love, I am nothing. I may even give away all that I have and give up my body to be burned, but if I don't have love, none of these things will help me. 
Okay, so reading those verses, we can see that love is clearly very important to have. Without love, nothing else matters. Um, At the end of chapter 13, the importance of love is summed up. So I'm going to read verse 13. So these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. But the best one of these is love. So love is so important to God. He loved us all so much that he gave his one and only son to die on a cross for all of our sins. Now, he could have still done that. Okay, could have still done all of that. But why would he have done so if he did not have love? It would have kind of been a weird thing to do without that fruit of love. (laughs) I mean, don't you guys agree? Like that would have been kind of bizarre. Um, He did it for us and loved us when we were very undeserving. And that is only done out of love. We can have faith, but if we don't love, then what does all of that faith mean? Nothing. Why would we be faithful to someone that we don't love? Do you see why we need to have love in the fruits? Without love, I don't think that any of those other fruits of the Spirit can grow or survive or exist. Love leads to all of those other fruits. When I think of the other fruits on the list, then I think of love. Let's, I mean, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. I feel like when I hear those words without love, I don't know. I mean, they all kind of come from love if we love somebody then we're patient with them if we love somebody then we're kind to them if we love somebody then we're good to them if we love our spouse we'll be faithful if we love you know if if we love someone we'll be gentle with them and the same goes for God if we love God then we then all those other things fall into place Um, When I think of the other fruits on the list, then I think of love. I think that without love, those other things would seem sinister. Like, what is your motive for those other fruits without love? What would be in it for you? I think, honestly, if I go back and I look at the definition... Like without love, all of those things are, are your per, will become your personality. They'll be like the reverse. You won't be patient. You won't be kind. You'll be jealous. You'll boast. You'll be arrogant. You'll be rude. All you'll think about is yourself. You'll be constantly irritable. You'll keep score. Um, you'll 
you won't care about justice. You won't care about the truth. Could you imagine being like that? That's how you would be without love. All those things would become sinister. All you would care about is what's in it for me. Without love, we sound like a clanging cymbal. Without love, when we do things for another person, then it doesn't make any sense. Without love, then we cannot appreciate God and what he sacrificed for us. Without love, what Jesus did for us would not make any sense. Without love, we would not have meaningful relationships. Without love, there would be no kindness or patience. I mean, you think the world's really bad now? Could you imagine if no one followed the definition of love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13? Um, I know that this world seems as though it is completely lacking love. But I cannot imagine how much worse it would be with absolutely zero love in it. Like, you guys, like, I don't even want to think about it. I am so grateful to have God's love in my life. I am grateful that I know him and I have him as my partner. He is the ultimate example of that definition of love. And I'm glad that he convicts me in love so that, I be, so that I can become better at loving others. I am grateful that he wanted me to examine these different fruits and see where my fruits may be rotting a bit. He wants me to have ripe fruits in my spirit. I'm grateful that I have some characteristics of love. I am thankful that others have characteristics of love too. Like guys, I want to take those first Merriam-Webster definitions of love and like throw them out the window. I want to forget them, to be honest. I want to start to use the biblical definition of love instead of that worldly definition. I want to show love in all of my relationships. And I do believe that if I follow the definition of love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the relationships that I have now will be thousands of times better. Um, I want to show love in all of my relationships. I want the people that I come in contact with to notice something different about how I love others. I know that a lot of times I'm going to fall short. <laughs> and I know a lot of times my, the other person in my relationship will fall short. 
I'm not going to be perfect. They're not going to be perfect. But I want to be the best that I can be. How are you going to work on incorporating the biblical definition of love into your life? I know that I'm going to stop crying wolf with this word. (laughs) I want to use the word like, uh, I want to use the word like more instead of love. I want to say the word love when I really love something. I want it to mean more instead of using it and sounding like a loud gong. Does that make sense? I want it to stop. I want to stop saying the word love and have it sound like clashing. I want it to mean something. I don't want it to just be something to say. I want to work on my irritability. I need to realize that I can be irritating too. So maybe have a little more grace for others when they irritate me. I mean, sometimes it's hard to imagine that I'd be irritating. Just kidding. (laughs) But um, I really do. I want to show more grace for others when they irritate me because I can guarantee myself that there are times that I irritate others a lot. (laughs) Showing more grace for others is another way to show love for others. I need to keep a cooler head. (laughs) I can be a hothead. (laughs) Um, we need to love others like Jesus loves us. He loves us faults and imperfections and all. Show love to others and make them wonder why you're so different. They will ask. Loving others is an amazing way to spread the gospel. Are you loving others in such a way that you make people wonder? Um, I want to do more of this. I want to love people unconditionally. And I believe that when we start to love others like Jesus, then the other fruits will start to fall into place. They will begin to all ripen. Would you agree with me? So I challenge you this week to look at the definition of love and see if anything pops out at you that needs a little work. Write the definition down. Post it on your refrigerator. Put it on your computer. Put it like where your radio is in your car. You know, anything. Put it wherever you're going to see it. Memorize it. Pray over it and God will reveal to you the things that he would like to partner with you and work on. He's not going to let you work on these things alone. He wants to help you through it. He will also point out things that you're doing a great job at. For me, it is love never gives up. My marriage is a testimony for that. 
I've been through some really hard things in my marriage with my husband. But, and I could have given up, but I didn't because I love my husband. And love never gives up. We all have things to work on so that we can be better at loving like God wants us to love. Ask and he will reveal it to you. Not because he wants you to feel bad. He doesn't want that. He's not being, he's not condemning you. Difference between condemning and convicting. Okay. But because he, he's doing this, he, he wants to reveal these things to you because he wants you to be better. It's a loving conviction. I'm going to work on my irritability this week. <laughs> what are you working on? Let's get out there and love others like Jesus loves us. I promise you it will feel so great. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, thank you so very much for this perfect definition of love and how we're supposed to love one another, whether it be our spouse, a friend, a co-worker, um, somebody just even out on the street, anybody, our children, whomever. Thank you so much for this, for this definition. I thank you for the fruits of the Spirit. Thank you so much for helping us dig in and learn a little bit more about them. We've already learned how to become more joyful in our lives. We've already now learned how to love one another. Help us to not keep score with one another. Help us to do things for others without needing something from them in return. Help us to control the green-eyed monster. Help us to fix one another's crowns instead of wanting to steal them. Lord, please help anybody with any of the things that stand out to them that they need to work on, that you've convicted them of. Help us to realize that you're doing that out of love because you want us to love your people better. Help us to show you through us, through love. Help us to love everybody. In your beautiful, wonderful, powerful name, I pray all of these things. Amen. Thank you for listening. I encourage you to get out and spread the good news about Jesus and love others like he loves us. Until next time, be blessed. Bye.